Welcome to Conversations with Connors, a NetworkWise podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Connors. NetworkWise trains and educates individuals and organizations in the science and art of networking to accelerate sales, personal development, and career opportunities. In Conversations with Connors, I talk with a variety of highly successful individuals in order to gain insights on how they built, maintain, and cultivated their relationships in order to live a life by design, not by default. I recently had the opportunity to talk at Entrepreneurs Organization Chapter in New Jersey. EO is there fondly referred to as an elite invite-only group where entrepreneurs who have businesses that make at least $1 million per year in multiple consecutive years, as well as various other criteria, can come together and use each other as resources to learn and help grow their businesses. These people get together often, share each other's stories, and really look to help each other out in a variety of different capacities that extend beyond the boardroom. After speaking to these incredibly business-minded people as a whole, I had the opportunity to sit down with a handful one-on-one to learn more about their business, who they are as people, and how they leverage their relationships in order to attain and maintain success. In this unique edition of Conversations with Connors, I want to bring to you all of the great information that each of these individuals were willing to share with me about themselves, their business, and their relationships. The first thing I wanted to know about these individuals was what their business is all about and the types of clients they serve. We begin with Steve Schneider and Tom Leonardis of Kramer Industries. It's a really interesting story, actually. We're partners now, but we joined EO 20 years ago and had an opportunity to find a business that had been started in 1911 that was in the process of actually going out of business. We bought that business, we partnered up together, and built that business to the point where it's probably about 10 times the size that it was back then, and in the process have used the resources from EO as well as other resources to really develop a super strong partnership, to develop a really strong business, to employ lots of people. Our business is primarily focused in dealing and selling to manufacturers of all kinds of metal or plastic parts. Kramer Industries is the name of the business. And we sell to businesses that could be anywhere from a mom and pop shop up to companies like Ford and Boeing. So we and sell anything in between. Yeah, we sell pretty much inline processing equipment. So we sell equipment to other manufacturers to help make their parts better. So like Steven said, anything made out of metal, plastic, and wood, we can help give them the look of the part that they want or whatever characteristics that they want. Very niche. It is very unique. It's one of the reasons why we got into it, because this is late nineties when this opportunity presented itself. And if anybody's old enough to remember, late nineties everybody was still going into tech. Super heavy. If they didn't have a .com or .com after it, you wouldn't even look at it. The next person I spoke with about their business was Jeff Chafkin of Geoscape Solar. My name is Jeff Chafkin. I started Geoscape Solar in 2008. I traded on the commodity floor for 20 years before that. Pretty much a serial entrepreneur my whole life. I joined EO at the time. My partners and I, I was in the middle of a divorce and my partners and I were all trying to figure everything out. Do I buy my wife out? It was all intertwined, and my partner's wife was my wife's best friend, my ex-wife's best friend. It was all so intertwined, and EO gave me a forum experience where you could really just share with a bunch of guys and go deep and who understand you, and they're not intertwined within your circle. Next up, Sejal Lakani of TechWorks. 
My name is Sage Lakani, and my business is TechWorks, and we're an IT company. We basically become the IT department for businesses completely, so businesses between 10 and 150, 200 people, we become their complete IT department, or we supplement their IT department for larger businesses. Everything from cybersecurity, cloud services, help desk, compliances, etc. I've got to assume the cyber is one of your biggest growing areas right now. It is. It really is. And that actually, in the help desk aspect, a lot of people are going from internal IT to external and outsourcing it to us. Mark Siaka of ADS Works. Well, the business is ADS Works. I started that in 1997. We build complex web applications for pretty much any industry. We also, in 2018, started a company called BioDotty, my business partner and I. And BioDotty is a biological visualization tool focused on biopharma and life sciences. Well, we had some interesting work come our way. And from that work, we realized that there's potential for a lot of other people to benefit from the ability to find a structured way to report discoveries in the in biology. So a better explanation of that is chemistry has equations that people can use to be able to explain their findings. The biological sciences don't have anything like that. It's plain narrative, English narrative. So there's a language that we modified, which was called Bell. We've taken over Bell, made it open source, and called it Bell.bio. And that language is computational and allows biologists to record their findings in a structured language. Susan Michael, owner of Wealth Management Company. My name is Susan Michael, and I own a wealth management company, and we do 401ks for small business owners, but we are one of the few women-owned trading platforms in the United States. And so we are very proud of that. And the one thing that we do is our business has a mission statement of faith, family, firm, in that order because I'm also a mother of four. And so I was building my firm while raising my children. So I always say they grew together. Brian Tweer of Jersey Shore Supplements. My business name is Jersey Shore Supplements. We're a sports supplement retail. So we're similar to like a vitamin shop or a GNC, privately owned, based out of Monmouth County and Ocean County. So you're, I mean, everyone's your customer. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Anybody that's looking to either improve their health, whether they're working out or gym-related or just overall health and well-being. Kevin Mahoney of FindTape.com. I own an online retail business called FindTape.com. Pretty niche. I sell adhesive tape online. I've uh, been doing it since 2004. Duct tape, gaffer's tape, double-sided tape, athletic tapes, kinesio tape, any kind of adhesive tape, and also non-adhesive tape, like your crime scene do not cross, police line do not cross, all that kind of stuff. So I sell non-adhesive and adhesive. How does someone get into that business? I ran the web development shop for an agency in New York City. So from the technical standpoint, we did sites like Godiva and 800 Flowers and Coach, sites like that. And in 2004, I started a side business. You know, I'm like, I build these websites. I had talked to a relationship, had a friend from high school I was still in touch with. We were out drinking and he is a tape converter. So what a tape converter does is they get log rolls of tape from companies like 3M and Short Tape, like 60 inches wide, maybe 1,300 linear yards, like a jumbo roll, and they convert them. So cut them to width. You'll make a two-inch roll of red duct tape out of this big roll, right? Or they change the length. So they'll make 60-yard rolls of tape from a 1,300 linear yard roll. 
So we were out drinking. I'm like, hey, why don't I build a website for you? That's what I do. I build these websites. And at the time, he didn't want the channel conflict. He sold to a lot of resellers. He didn't want to start selling direct. So I'm like, okay, I'll build the website for you. And bootstrapped it myself. I spent, I think, $100 on Google, $100 on Overture at the time, advertising. All the guys who worked for me, like, when I launched, they're like, oh, my God, you got one order. You know, it was awesome, like, one order a day. And I wrote a number down at the time. My wife is a principal of an elementary school, so she had all the benefits. Wrote a number down at the time. I'm like, at that point, I moved back to New Jersey. So I was doing about two and a half hour commute into the city. I lived in Princeton. I'd walk to the dinky, take the dinky and go all the way downtown. Had a young daughter. By the time I was home, she was asleep. So I wrote a number down at the time. Like, if I hit this number, I'm going to quit. And by 2006, I was able to quit. Started selling on Amazon 2006, 2007. And at this point, we shipped to 45 countries direct. I store a product in all the Amazon warehouses in the U.S., Canada, and also in the U.K. Sell to Amazon Australia. So now it's kind of ballooned out, and we're actually switching the model a little bit. We're trying what they say, going clicks to bricks. We're opening our first brick-and-mortar store. That's what Amazon's doing too, right? Yeah, a lot of pop-up stores, exactly. A lot of companies are doing that because if you look at a site like Home Depot, 45% of their online orders are picked up in a store. A site like, I don't know if you're familiar with Batteries Plus Bulbs, they have about 670 franchises in the U.S. 90% of their online orders are picked up in a store. Because so many U.S. consumers, they want the immediacy. They want it immediately. So we're opening our first brick-and-mortar store in North Brunswick. And if it works well, then we'll branch across the country. Ellen Petrowitz Phillips of LEM Plastics. My business is plastic fabrication, so we make plastic component parts, precision component parts for uh, industry, which is pretty much anybody who builds anything. So every airplane I have plastic parts on. I have parts on the space station, on hard defibrillators, on cellular antennas, on microwave technology. Does technology and what's happening, does that affect your business? Absolutely. Absolutely. 3D printers are starting to move into the circuit. The lucky thing for us is we are such high tolerance and such precision that they're not there yet. And they need good, constant machinists who are also artisans to make that specialty part. And finally, Andrew Tupler of Tupler Financial. Andy Tupler, the business is Tupler Financial. We do financial planning and a life coaching combination of the two. And most of our clients are really people that are looking to their future, want to kind of have that ideal life and are looking to live it today versus waiting until they retire to have the life that they always wanted to live. Hmm. Are a lot of your clients millennials? We have a combination. We actually work with a lot of multi-generational families, so we'll work with sometimes two or three generations. So we go to combo of millennials, which love that. We've got a lot of actually Generation X that kind of everybody forgets about a little bit, and they're sort of the forgotten generation, and yet they really want to live for today a little bit more than people really think. And people kind of, everyone wants to know the baby boomers are millennials, and Generation X is kind of stuck in the middle. It's obvious that all these individuals own a wide variety of industries, and they serve a unique niche of clientele. So with that, I wanted to find out from these highly successful business people what it is that attracts them to EO and how EO has helped them grow their business. Here's Steve Snyder and Tom Leonardis of Kramer Industries. So EO stands for the Entrepreneurs' Organization, and EO is all about bringing together like-minded business owners in order to learn from each other, most importantly, and to help each other grow our businesses together. I've been a member in EO for about 20 years, maybe a little bit more. 
So I joined EO in my late 20s when I was looking for like-minded individuals because I felt like I was out there on an island. And I found this organization and it helped me to recognize that I was not alone. It helped me to understand that there are things that I can learn from other people who are in the same situation that I'm in in a judgment-free and a welcoming and loving experience. I actually joined EO when it was YEO. Both Stephen and I were two of the original members of this chapter. I was in my early 20s at the time, 21, 22. This was in the late 90s at some time. I was alone. I mean, all my friends at that time, if you can imagine, were still in college, and I was running five businesses. So to say that my friends were my peers was just incorrect. They could not relate to anything I was saying. They were trying to figure out where to go party that night, I was trying to figure out how to make payroll and grow my business and not destroy the lives of my employees and my family and my lives at the same time. So we joined YEO at the time and got tremendous value out of it and really loved being one of the founding members of the New Jersey chapter along with Stephen. And actually right now we're both involved in the Entrepreneurs Organization Accelerator Program where we are helping coach up small businesses so they can, if they work hard enough and they're successful enough, they can then join EO proper. It's about giving back, yeah, right? It's about helping point. smaller businesses grow and expand and ultimately become bigger members of society. It is an invite process. You're invited to join the organization. You can apply to interview, but some of the requirements are that you founded a business or you're currently running a business, own a business, founded a business, pretty much that you can't get fired from. Is a good way to say it. By uh, anybody other than yourself, yeah, by, by anybody. the way. <laughs> doing more than a million a year. The EO Accelerator members need to be doing 250. 250 and actively looking to try to get to that million-dollar level. Jeff Chafkin of Geoscape Solar. The two things that I take from EO the most was the very first form training where you do your lifeline. It's an amazing experience to do with people you didn't even know. You know more about them at the end of that than you do most of your friends. And also understanding what gestalt and speaking with people in a gestalt mentality in a way has helped me to communicate with my kids, my partners, dating, everything. Gestalt means that you're not going to share your opinion. You're not going to tell them what to do. You're not going to give them advice. You're only going to share personal experiences or experiences of people that you know who have had those experiences. Next up, Sajal Lakani of TechWorks. I joined EO two years ago, and I jumped in like I do with everything else, with two feet in. So made a splash. I came in. I joined the board, met a great forum. I'm part of a great forum. And honestly, like anything else you do in life, whatever you give is what you're going to get. So I put a lot of time and effort into EO, and through that I've made amazing relationships, both inside what we call the forum, our little group of 8 to 10 that we meet every month, to the larger group that you saw here. Mark Siapka of ADS Works. EO is an amazing organization. Many times when I had conversations with my friends about the challenges that I faced day to day as a business owner, I didn't feel they truly understood the stressors that really were on me. And when they're all going out on a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Wednesday drinking, and I'm still working and trying to figure out payroll and cash flow, I felt there was a disconnect. And I was always the lucky one because I had my own business, and I didn't feel that way all the time. So EO is a group of people who are very much like myself, very like-minded, very open and honest, 
and it helped me understand that there are other people out there going through the same things that I'm going through and are willing to speak about them. The diversity is also one of the things that makes us so great. We all share a common passion for business, but we come from different walks of life and we have different focuses on our business. Susan Michael, owner of Wealth Management Company. Well, when I'm raising four children, I was basically working and mom, and mom was always first. And so I was watching some of my peers being able to go to MBA school, and I couldn't do that. And so for me, EO was what I call the best MBA I could have ever gotten. My forum, I was in it for over 10 years, and I grew, and I feel like it was the best solution, a better solution than going to MBA school. And so I was able to raise my babies, grow my business, and be home at night. Brian Tweer, Jersey Shore Supplements. So I actually found EO while listening to a podcast about three years ago. The funny story is I was listening to the podcast and they were actually hosting the interviews the following day. So I called in. It just timed it perfectly to being able to come out. They said, hey, if you can make it here tomorrow, we're actually having our interview. If you can make it, by all means. So the criteria is a little bit of a hurdle to get over to become a member. But as far as the process, it wasn't that much of a process to become a member, no. The small thing that I've done is really just surrounding myself with like-minded individuals. I know that sounds a little cliche, but just being in a room full of other individuals that are pushing each other and continuing to grow their own businesses, just showing up, being a small thing, has significantly increased my business. Kevin Mahoney, findtape.com. For me... I was introduced to it. I've been on that like Inc. magazine, fastest growing company list for years in a row. And I was at a conference, started talking to some guy I was eating lunch with. He was an EO member, I think, from Texas. And for me, I didn't really have that sounding board. I didn't really have like an informal board of directors because I was working from home for years. Now we have a warehouse. But those first years, I didn't really have anybody to talk to about things. And just that forum experience, we have eight members in our forum. Just being able to talk to them about issues has been invaluable. Ellen Petrowitz Phillips of LEM Plastics. The people in EO are welcoming regardless. They don't need to know your story. They don't need to know if you've gone through adversity. They don't need to know if you're a 10, 1 million, 6 million, 32 million dollar business. They don't need to know that. What they need to know is that you've made the commitment to be here and that you're open to the experience and that you're here to share. I actually have been in EO for about three years and had my first forum experience and then decided that that wasn't the group for me and went and worked with the board of directors. So I sat on the learning committee and we developed a chair position where it was a bridge between learning and SAP, which is our partners. And our strategic alliance partners are huge and important for what we do here. So I played bridge between that. So I knew how to match the partners with what we were doing in learning events and how we could get that amazing stuff to happen at the beginning that happened at the event tonight where we had people stand up and talk about our partners and be able to regale them and give them the love that they need because they're here to just help us with what we do and we ask nothing but money from them and they ask nothing from us. And finally, Andrew Tupler of Tupler Financial. So I would say the biggest thing was I had this realization that I love what I do and I don't really want to retire but I wanted to set the business up to continue for the long term so that all my clients and especially the younger clients were taken care of for generations. And so I worked with my EO forum and some of the things I've been to at events and started setting up the next generation of advisors at the firm. So we've got advisors really in, that are born in different decades so that the firm can continue. And as our clients' kids become clients, we'll have advisors that match up with them 
hopefully I'll be doing this another 20, 30 years. But beyond that, we have advisors that'll be there to continue the firm and continue to help those clients. It works best for everybody. And so instead of us trying to build it and sell it, and then who knows who takes over, we're building that internally. We'll rejoin our conversation in just a moment. If you're enjoying this podcast as well as our other episodes, please support us using Patreon. Just visit patreon.com slash networkwise. All patrons will receive early access to podcasts and exclusive networking advice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash networkwise. Thanks for listening. And now let's rejoin the show. Of course, in the spirit of NetworkWise, I wanted to find out how these individuals build cultivate and maintain their relationships in order to maintain success. And in many cases, they were able to provide a great story about how a relationship had helped them start their business, grow their business, or help their business through a tough time. Here's Steve Snyder and Tom Leonardis of Kramer Industries. The Kramer Industries, the business that we're in now, we got together and partnered up and realized very, very quickly that we came to this from a totally different skill set and a totally different background. Todd comes from more of a retail and service background. I come from more of a manufacturing background. And so we realized that the two of us together can create a really unique business and a really unique business model that has helped us, like I said before, to really grow this business tenfold over the last 20 years. And we're now perched on the verge to be able to grow another few multiples over the next couple of years. Here's Jeff Chafkin of Geoscape Solar. There are people in your life who you feel very valued to have them in your life. So I think the key is to keep them in your life. So I have only a couple people on LinkedIn who have given me recommendations. Those are the people who I just, I respect and I just feel honored to be part of their life and be in their circle. One of which is Coach Bolin from University of Virginia's tennis team. To me, he's one of the top five college coaches of all time in any sport. And I feel honored to have him in my inner circle. But I do that by when he left UVA, he and I still talk. I talked to him yesterday. I think you have to kind of embrace them for the people they are, not necessarily just for the role that they're in. Next up, Sejo Lakani of TechWorks. I'll be honest. I'm always on the phone. Every second I get, my habit is to pick up the phone and call somebody, whether it's someone I owe a phone call to, someone I just met, or someone I talk to on a daily basis just to see what they're doing and how they're doing and what's going on. It's just keeping that communication open. Mark Siapka of ADS Works. Networking for me is interesting because I've always been naturally gregarious. I enjoy speaking with people. Whenever I'm standing in line at the supermarket, I'll start a conversation with strangers about nothing. So for me, networking is just an extension of the way I am. Networking to me is taking a little extra time to figure out who they are, how I can help them, and how they can help me. Susan Michael, owner of a wealth management company. Well, I actually was a teacher, and so I started my career as a teacher, an elementary school teacher, and I was also an Army wife, and we were stationed overseas, and my husband was gone all the time, and I had, at the time, two small children. And so I wish I could say that I had this big burning desire to be a finance person, not so much. I actually wanted to get out of the house, and so I signed up for like a six-week course in finance, and I had just enough because money was tight at those times. I'm a military wife, and I could pay the babysitter and go. And so I took the course and loved it. But at the end of the six weeks, the gentleman called me, and I said, I loved it. It was so much fun. And he said, 
well, that's great, but maybe you want to put your husband on the phone. This might be a little technical. And I guess I should have gotten upset, but maybe I was too naive. Or, But I had gone to an all-women college, and I thought we could do anything, naively maybe. But it was my aha moment, and I thought, gosh, if he talks to me like that, he must talk to other women. And so I decided to kind of jump in the water, and I started taking courses and becoming licensed. And I guess the next thing, good or bad, that I knew I was in the business of finance. And so I blended my education, my being a mom, and finance together. Brian Tweer, Jersey Shore Supplements. That's a great question because my business is based around networking. Essentially, everybody that I've brought on to date that I've hired in store, they've all been customers of mine prior. So I started off as a one-man show, and through networking and getting a good feel for the individuals coming into my storefronts, I actually ended up hiring everybody that's on my staff has previously been a customer of ours. Kevin Mahoney, VineTape.com. From the store standpoint, if you look at who's helping me on that store, it's funny. EO is not a networking group, right? we more like a peer-to-peer group. However, because we're even prohibited from doing business with our own forum members. But for the store, like the company that I'm using for the design of the store, they do all the Verizon Wireless across the country. So they're an EO member. The company rewriting my employee handbook, they're an EO member. If you go down the list, almost everybody has been either an EO referral or because the thing is, when I get a referral from an EO member, I know it's trustworthy. I don't really have to vet them. And I was going to mention early on just relationships. I was at a conference. I don't know if you're familiar with like patent trolls, which have kind of been handled, but we've been sued a few times from patent trolls. And that whole relationship thing, I was at a conference and I started talking to Lee Chegg, who was the counselor for a company called Newegg.com. He was very famous for his, his motto was don't feed the trolls. So these patent trolls would sue these companies and all the big companies just, it would be more expensive to fight, but it makes it worse for the small businesses because you're feeding into them, you're giving them more funds and they're going to go after everybody. So we got our first lawsuit and I reached out to him because I met him at this conference thinking, you know, it was a LinkedIn reach. I'm like, he's not even going to answer. He emailed me back from vacation he said, just give me a call. I talked to him for two hours on the phone. Like, it was amazing that he would take that time, and he really helped me a lot. And well, one lawsuit, I had to pay some money. One lawsuit, we won. But, I mean, just that relationship, meeting him at the conference, we really took the time, so it was great. Ellen Petrowitz Phillips of LEM Plastics. My business was hit with both Hurricane Irene and then a year later, Hurricane Sandy. So I lost my building, I lost most of my equipment, and I needed to rebuild. In that time, I had a partner, and I had to buy my partner out because he chose not to be part of the solution and definitely not part of the funding. So we had a really hard time, and I tried to keep every employee and all their benefits and all their salaries and everything in place when we had nothing to build and nothing to really work with. I was very lucky. I had an IT group who worked with me and gave me their conference room to run my business out of. So within a 28, 30-hour period, we were back up and running, at least in our computer section, and we got all our MRP work done and out. My customers stuck with me. They knew we were in a hard time. We gave them full disclosure, and they didn't leave us. They didn't give us more business so that, that we wouldn't fail, but one of the biggest relationships were my suppliers who understood what kind of pressure I was under, who opened their machine shops to my employees, and I was allowed to send employees in and use their equipment, who took on my jobs to get my customers out of trouble, who were just able to extend credit to me beyond their 60-day normal or their 45-day, and I was out with some people for a year and a half. 
And these are the relationships that I built over the amount of time that I've been in this business that I was able to call upon and then hopefully not abuse as we came back. We're very loyal to them, and someday I'm going to have to do the same back. But you know what? I'm here for it, and my business has gotten stronger, and we were able to waver that huge storm. I mean, huge storm. I can't wait to be able to give it back to them, if, and, but hope never, never for that kind of reason, never that they get in that place. And finally, Andrew Tupler of Tupler Financial. About half our business comes, new business comes from what we call centers of influence, other people that help individuals or small businesses. So we've basically started a process where we've got a contact system where we'll get together with those other professionals at least twice a year, depending on the professional, it could be quarterly, and we'll either grab some breakfast, grab lunch, but get together and really find out what's happening with their business, how we can help them, and how we can help each other. That's kind of our niche. The interesting thing was, I wasn't sure whether I should put under friends. Most of my friends now have become clients over the last 20 years. So I was like, well, do they go into the friends category or do they go in another category? But yeah, that's great. The interesting thing there was, I haven't thought enough about the trigger piece that you mentioned. And that to me was something different because I really built the business. I started out, came from corporate accounting. I didn't have a client base and I just built it slowly in the right way. I didn't really want to go out and force it. So we just added clients slowly from client referrals and other people that send us business. It's interesting because, I mean, I know a lot about most of my contacts who network. I know a lot about them personally, and I've always set things up where it's about them. And if there's things that come back to me, that's great. That's kind of bonus. But I never really thought deep enough about the triggers, especially personally, that affect them and how we could help with that. Lastly, I wanted to find out a fun fact about these individuals that even their most loyal customers not know about them. Here's Steve Schneider and Tom Leonardis of Kramer Industries. Yeah, recently I've been getting into bourbon infusions, making my own bourbon <laughs> infusions. I'm actually making a peanut butter bourbon infusion right now and found myself some chocolate bitters. I'm going to make some peanut butter cup bourbon. Here's Jeff Chafkin of Geoscape Solar. When I was 18, I got held up by two heroin addicts and shot in the stomach on my Thanksgiving break from UVA. I think what it does is it just makes you realize life is short. I also lost my mom at 47. So I think those kind of things make you more of a risk taker. I traded on the commodity floor for 20 years. I'm a risk taker. And I think all entrepreneurs, in part, they have to be kind of a risk taker. Next up, Sejal Lakani of TechWorks. Oh, my God. So my husband would say, I watch every chick flick 30 times over. Like, I've seen Parent Trap, like, 150 times in the last four months. I, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> I'm a dance minor. I minored in dance in college. So I graduated with that. I taught salsa for a couple years. Mark Siapka of ADS Works. Uh, here's something embarrassing and interesting. When I was 17 years old, I drove a Ford Pinto with sheepskin covers. One day, my friends and I went to New York and purchased fireworks, and they were throwing them out the window. I got very jealous, so I asked for a pack of jumping jacks, rolled down my window. They lit it for me. I threw it, and it didn't go out the window. It landed behind me. Burned my backside, burned the sheepskin covers, and we almost got into an accident. So I would love to have been the person driving behind me to witness these jumping jacks exploding while my backside was on fire. Susan Michael, owner of a wealth management company. One time when I was skiing with my kids, I was typical woman chatting it up with my girlfriend on a lift. And we were on a black diamond and we were way, way up, very high off the ground. And someone said, oh, I think we get off here. And without looking, we both jumped. And we literally jumped off a ski lift and we were about 15 feet off the ground. And we just started 
automatically flying down the hill, and we landed. I don't know if we were good skiers or just out of sheer panic we figured it out, but we basically landed, and all we could hear was, like, the screams from the back. All our kids watched these two wacko women, their mothers, jumping off lifts because we thought it was time to get off and didn't look. Brian Tweer, Jersey Shore Supplements. It's funny how it went full circle, literally listening to somebody discuss EO and the benefits of being a member to where now three years later I'm sitting down speaking on a podcast about the experience of EO and how it's been so far. Kevin Mahoney, VineTape.com. I grew up with an actor. I don't know if Michael Ian Black. He's a comedian actor. He's been on to Ed. If you remember Ed, the Bowling Alley Lawyer Show. He was on that show, The Good Fight, he's been on. So, been on a lot of shows, but I grew up with him. So, he directed and wrote a movie called Wedding Days with Jason Biggs from American Pie and Isla Fisher. So, when he was directing it, they filmed on the Palisades Parkway in New Jersey. So, he invited me up. So, I like spent the day. So, I'm in a lot of the scenes at the end. So, my kids love it. They have their friends come over, and there's my five minutes of fame. Ellen Petrowitz Phillips of LEM Plastics. In my youth, I was pulled over and detained for robbing a surf shop. But then again, I was driving a Chevette, and there was not much stuff I could take from a surf shop to fit in a Chevette. So the <laughs> cops, guns drawn, realized they might have made a mistake. Guns drawn? Guns drawn. State of New Jersey? Realized they might have made a mistake down in Seaside Park. And finally, Andrew Tupler of Tupler Financial. I don't know if it's that interesting per se, but in the summer, I pretty much bike every morning or do stand-up paddle. My favorite thing is if the bay is right, I'll go out and do stand-up paddle on the Barnica Bay and just kind of cruise across. And usually it's just early morning when the sun's coming up and it's relaxing. Once in a while it's sunset and then once was paddling a mile and a half across for happy hour and somehow <laughs> trying to get back. It was me and another guy and we both pulled muscles and couldn't do anything for two weeks because it was a Saturday. So the boats were coming through and we were going to hammer oh, the waves. So it was brutal. It was fun though, but it was brutal. We spend the summer down there. So I work from there. I work remote every other week, and uh, so I spend like 70% of the summer down there and just working from a remote office down there. I mean, that's sort of what it's all about. I mean, you know, what I try and do for my clients, same thing for me is what's the ideal life. And I actually, 2089, when the world was imploding financially, my goal was always to spend the summers at the beach. And I realized I love what I do, and why am I waiting until I retire? So I just started doing it sooner. So it was the best thing I ever did. And then we kind of incorporated that to clients' lives too. Being able to only spend a few minutes with each of these entrepreneurs was a unique hurdle. They've each built an amazing business, have their own unique stories, and had to overcome some challenging obstacles that most others would be unable to accomplish. Another reason why they believe so strongly in their EO network. Some off the mic told me that they don't think their businesses would have been able to have made it through some of their most challenging times had it not been for the support of EO. Thanks for listening to this unique edition of Conversations with Connors, a NetworkWise podcast. If you or someone you know is looking for a career change, building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving their overall health and happiness, then head on over to NetworkWise.com to gain access to a plethora of resources to help you build your networking skills and community. Those who are ambitious will network. The ones who will succeed will network wise.